Two shows in two days. What the hell is going on? Welcome in to the Matt Bernier Show, part of the In the Money Media Network. My name is Matt Bernier. You can follow me on Twitter, X, whatever you would like to call it, at Bernier underscore Matt. Today is Thursday, October the 19th. It is my four-year wedding anniversary. Yes. Congratulations to my wife. You have made it four years with me. Thank you for putting up with my shit. I love you. How have you listened to this thing, which is episode 176, by the way? Uh, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, InTheMoneyPodcast.com. You can also listen on YouTube, search bar Matt Bernie, your show. You'll get this episode along with the 175 prior. Thank you for doing so. It means a great deal to me. It means a great deal to the folks at In The Money Media. It means a great deal to our sponsors in this week or this second show of the week is brought to us by our friends at the Breeders' Cup. As we get closer and closer to the World Championships, which will be taking place the first weekend out at Santa Anita in Southern California. Looking forward to getting out there. And similar to yesterday's show, I'm going to look ahead to the Breeders' Cup distaff. Now, this one's going to be a little bit looser in terms of my opinions, my feelings, because truth, truth be told, I don't have as good a feel on this group as I do on the classic runners. The Classic Division is one of those year-in and year-out, similar to the Derby, where you really don't even need to look at the PPs. You, you, I mean, you kind of know what these horses are. The Distaff typically is as well, but for me, I just get a little bit lost in the shuffle with things. So some of these names I, I need to do, truth be told, a, a deeper dive into, uh, and that'll come in time. So take this line with a grain of salt. And again, our friends of the Breeders' Cup, you can find a list of runners over at breederscup.com that may end up running. Maybe they end up in a different race, but you can at least start doing your handicapping ahead of time if you don't want to wait until pre-entries, which come out a week from yesterday. So I've got a list of 14 names. We will do the kind of horse by horse on the fly, put a value line together as I did with the classic, and then we'll wrap up with a look ahead to this coming week in the National Football League with some projections. Um, I don't know if it's a good thing or a bad thing. I'm really close to a number of the lines that the FanDuel Sportsbook has put out. I do believe it's at least two, but I think it's three big differences, and those would be the three bets that I would be willing to make here this week. But again, our friends at the Breeders' Cup, if you want all the information on the Breeders' Cup, the Breeders' Cup betting challenge, where you can catch coverage, the whole nine, head on over to breederscup.com. I will say there have been a, a few comments already on yesterday's show. And one, I just want to make it very clear for folks that don't fully understand what a value line is versus a morning line, okay? There was a commenter that mentioned uh, my number on White Abario at 15 to 1. You know, you got to be better. Uh, Brad Free, who, you know, does the numbers for the Daily Racing Forum, Brad and, and David Aragona will do some of the morning lines well in advance. You know, he says, oh, Brad has him at 6-1. to one. He ran the highest buyer in the field, the whole nine. And, I, again, there, there is a major difference between a value line and a morning line. A morning line is what the horse's projected odds will be. Okay, there's a morning line maker at every track. What their job is as a morning line maker is it's to project what the public is going to do where the money's going to go, and what these horses will go off at. That is entirely different than what a value line is. A value line is your 
perceived value of each horse. How likely do you think each horse is to win? Forget about what the public thinks. What do you think? And that's why it's so valuable. Pun intended. Valuable value line. It's your assessment of how likely a horse is to win. And if we're, if we're being honest, morning lines as a whole are probably a bit of a dinosaur. Bit of an outdated piece. But at the same time, for folks that are, I don't even want to say weekend warriors because that makes it sound like I'm not giving weekend warriors enough credit. If you are someone that plays the races only on the big days, Triple Crown, Breeders' Cup, maybe Pegasus, maybe Travers, you know, those kind of days, a morning line can be useful. It can be a useful tool. So you can at least have a, an idea, depending on how accurate the morning line is, about what you can expect these horses to go off at. That's what Brad is doing. That's what David is doing. That's what Nick Tamaro does at Keeneland. It's what any morning line maker does across the country. That has nothing to do with your assessment of how likely a horse is to win. I could sit there and see a 20 to 1 morning line if I make the horse 4 to 1. If I think the horse wins 20% of the time, what do I care about the 20 to 1 morning line? The, the, the inconsequential. does not matter. So there's a major difference between those two things. And I just want to make that very clear for folks that maybe aren't totally sure of the difference between the two. I'm not giving you a morning line. That, would, that could be a whole other exercise. If you wanted to hear it, I would do it. I think it would be, get a bit redundant because at least this is I'm giving you my opinion of what these horses are, not what I think the public thinks of these horses. Hopefully that makes sense. So that's what we're doing here. I have a list of 14 names. Again, we'll do the same thing. They're in alphabetical order, and I need to stress that I have not, I'm not nearly as in tune with these fillies and mares as I am the classic division. But that doesn't mean that we can't do this on a first pass through, speak some pieces. Some will be a little bit more generalized than others. But we can still come to a conclusion. And I, I like some of the feedback I've gotten on Twitter and also beneath the, the video player on YouTube about the idea of two shows with some opinions during Breeders' Cup week. So that's probably how we're going to go. I'll end up doing probably a Friday show dedicated and a Saturday show dedicated, um, acknowledging I'm going to have to keep them a little bit tighter than, you know, when you get the whole soup to nuts thing, there's just only so much time and I, I don't want to turn it into a marathon sort of piece. So, um, keep, keep up to date with that. Maybe the dates will change and shift around a little bit, but they'll, I'll do two shows. I'll do a Friday show and a Saturday show. Distaff. These are the names that I have. Amo Ray. Adair Manor, Belaza de Artiega, as you can tell, I can't even pronounce her name. I, I don't know what race she won. I assume she's Argentinian bred. She must have won a race down in South America. Clarier, Desert Dawn, Hoosier Philly, Idiomatic, Leda Vida, Nest, Pretty Mischievous, Randomized, Search Results, Wet Paint, Shigera. Let's start with the Moray, a filly that I have bet in the past. I think she's talented. I don't know if I think a mile and eighth is really her game. She might be better mile and a sixteenth mile. I believe she won the Beholder mile, if my mind and my memory serves correct. 
because I ended up betting her in the La Troyenne. She was just kind of grindy. Let's just, for this first pass through, let's give her a 7% chance. That'll put her at 13-1. to 1. Adair Manor's game is speed. She has home court advantage. She's got Baffert in her corner. She's run well at Santanita and Del Mar. I'll, right now, again, first pass through, we can tweak this. I'll give her 17%, which would be 5-1 to one odds. For purely just lack of knowing anything about this Argentinian filly, I'm just going to give her 3% right now, acknowledging that could be way low. It might even be high. Don't know. Going to have to go back and do a little bit more work on her. But for now, as a placeholder, 3%. Clarière. The old Clarier against this group, given the form that everyone's in, probably a 3-1 to one chance, about 25%. I don't really know where she is right now. And this whole year, that's kind of how she's been. I, I'm not totally sure what version of her we're going to get. I will say, the year I bet her heavily in the distaff at Del Mar, and she ran very well, she had been training at Santa Anita, and she was training lights out. I wonder if she has an affinity for that racetrack. If the pace heats up, she should come with a run. Because her form is a bit meh, I'll give her 17%, 5 to 1. Desert Dawn, I've always been a fan. I don't know how good I actually think she is. For now, I will give her 4%. Hoosier Philly, similar story. If the pace is hot, it hurts her. Mile and an eighth, not totally convinced that's what she wants. She's probably one of those horses that just did not really improve dramatically from two to three. She got a little bit better, but I don't know that she got better to the point where I think she can win a race like this. Let's go .06, which is roughly 15 to one. Idiomatic. I, I think there's a, a real case to be made from a pace standpoint that she would appreciate some others not showing up. But the form that she's in right now, I mean, a win in this race, she is champion mayor, you would think. She's not going to be a horse of the year type, but her form is outstanding. She continues to win big race after big race. Right now, I would give her 22%, let's say, which would translate to 7 to 2. Uh, Leda Vita, I just don't think she's quite of this caliber. I'll give her 4%. That's 25 to 1. Nest. I, I just don't, I don't know that Nest is the same filly at this point. Um, I will currently give her 14%, which is 6 to 1. Pretty Mischievous. I actually think Pretty Mischievous ran better than it seems in the... Cotillion. I think there's a chance that the timing of the ride might have been a little bit off. I think my biggest fear would be that a mile and an eighth seems like it is absolutely the max for her. I know her biggest win to date came at that distance. I'm not totally convinced that that is really what she wants. But I do like her. And I wonder if she's sliding a little bit under the radar. I'm going to go 18%, which is 9 to 2. Randomized. I know she's won big races. Maybe she's kind of the it horse now. Um, 
acknowledging I want to go back and look at some more charts, I'm going to give her 11%, put her at 8 to 1. Search results. Maybe this is finally the year. Maybe this is finally the field that she needs to run her absolute best and to take down the biggest prize that there is. I've never thought of her as better getting longer. Um, I, I'm going to put her right in the same camp with randomized. I'll give her 11%. Wet paint, if the race was at a mile and a quarter, if the race had a complete pace meltdown. I also don't know how good I actually think she is. Uh, I will give her 9%. And Shigera, who I think is very talented, and I could be wrong, but I, I don't know if I'm remembering correctly, but I think she's got a pretty big number recently. I'd have to, again, go back and look at it. But for the sake of this exercise right now, I'll give her 5%. That'll put her at 20 to 1. So let's total this up and see where we land in terms of the total. I think we're going to be well over 100. I just don't, I hope it's not massive. Oh, it is massive. It is enormous. It's even worse than the classic was. Jesus. Uh, 148. Okay. So as I did last night, first thing we're going to do is we're going to take away one point from each of the smallest numbers longest shots. So now we go down to six, we go down to two, we go down to three, five, three, eight, and four. I'm going to certainly have to go back to some of these middling prices. Everyone might actually just have to be pegged down a bit. Idiomatic, I'm going to drop her down to 20%. Randomized goes down to 10. Search results to 10. Wet paint, I'm going to go all the way down to 7. Oof. Hoosier Philly, I'll drop to 3. Desert Dawn, I'll drop to 2. I don't want to drop the Argentinian Philly any more than that. Dare Manor and Clarier. Clarier, I guess I have to drop down to 14s. And I'll do the same thing with the Dare Manor, just because these are going to be the best horses she's run against. Nest can't be 14 if those ones are 14. Let's drop Nest to 9. Pretty mischievous. Drop her to 17. That's what a lot of this uh, this entire exercise is. You just kind of massage these numbers a bit to get to a point that you feel good about. And the good thing is, too, th there's no one holding you to your own line. Okay? Maybe you end up getting more information. Maybe one of these horses is, is working, you know, they're coming out of their skin. And they just are touting themselves as ready to fire a giant shot. Well, there's nothing stopping you from then going back and tweaking your numbers a little bit. A value line, no one's holding you to the number you assign two weeks in advance, a day in advance, an hour in advance. You can always go through and make some tweaks and adjustments where you see fit. I think in the long run, the more changing you do, the worse off you're going to be. But... I, I, I don't think there's anything wrong with just reassessing your stance on, on certain numbers and certain runners. So let me drop her to this. That gets me down to 115. Boy, we still got a ways to go. And this is also acknowledging that, you know, I could be way under on the Argentinian horse. She could be quite good. Claire, I'll move her down here. It gets me down to 109. Hmm. I just don't think she's good enough. Gets me to 108. Drop her down again, knowing that she might actually have a big number on her page. 
And then really, what do you want to do with her? Drop her back to 11. Let's go down to 8. Let's go down to 1. Seems aggressive, but let's do that. And then... Actually, this is how we're going to do it. Okay. So we are at 100 now. Okay. So these are the updated pieces here. Amore at 5%, which translates to 20 to 1 odds. Let me change this column real quick just to make sure that it stays. Adair Manor, I have her at 10%. That equates to 9 to 1 odds. Those of you that didn't listen to yesterday's show, be sure to go back and do that. But to figure out what the odds are, 100 divided by your percentage. So with Amore, 100 divided by 5 gets you 20. Then at that point, you're supposed to subtract 1. So the actual odds would be 19 to 1. I just feel like rounding up is easier for most people. And I know technically when you do that, it throws them off. And now all of a sudden you're at 102 or, or 99 or, or whatever. I'm trying to make this as easily digestible as it gets. And the other thing, too, to keep in mind, you're going to have pretty substantial changes between percentages and odds the less likely you view these horses as winners. The difference between 5% and 4%, all of a sudden you jump from 19 to 1 to 24 to 1. But it's only a 1% difference. You go from 5 to 1, or excuse me, 5% to 3%, you go from 19 to 1 to 32 to 1. It's only a 2% difference, but it just goes to show that 2% there, there's a much larger correlation to price changes than 2% toward the top of the market. 2% uh, on the Argentinian filly, that'll make her 50 to 1. Clarier, I made her 10%, which makes her a 9 to 1 chance. Desert Dawn, a 50 to 1 chance. Who's your filly? 30 to 1. Idiomatic, 20%. Equates to four to one odds. She is the shortest price that I have on the list right now. Leda Vita, 99 to 1. Nest, 8%. It'll make her 12 to 1, 11, 12 to 1, one of the two. Pretty mischievous. I made her 14%. That'll make her 6 to 1. Randomized 9%. That makes her 10 to 1. Same goes for search results. Wet paint, I made her 5%. That's 20 to 1. And then Shigera at 2% is 50 to 1. So in this instance, very clearly, the most likely winner I have is Idiomatic. The horse that I think I might get the price, and it's a short enough price that I think it's a likely potential, but also not a crazy shot in the dark, would be pretty mischievous at six. I think, I, I think you might get that day of. Maybe that's wishful thinking, but that's, that's where I'm going. So we'll do a quick run through again. Amore, 20 to 1. Adair Manor, 9 to 1. Uh, Balaza de Artiega, 50 to 1. Clarier, 9 to 1. Desert Dawn, 50 to 1. Hoosier Philly, 30 to 1. Idiomatic, 4 to 1. Leda Vita, 99 to 1. Nest, 12 to 1. Pretty Mischievous, 6 to 1. Randomized, 10 to 1. Search results, 10 to 1. Wet Paint, 20 to 1. And Shigera, 50 to 1. We'll revisit all of this. I don't know if I'm going to do a full 
recap of the value line week of, or as we get closer to Breeders' Cup? Maybe I will, maybe I won't. I don't know how I want to structure those. I guess that would be the question for you guys. Would you like a final value line for some of these divisions? Would you prefer sort of horses I'm going to lean on for multi-race bets? I'm, I refuse to just give out tickets. I think I, I have no interest in that, and I don't think many of you do either. I, the notion of punching someone else's ticket just for the sake of doing it is something I feel strongly about, which is why I try to verbalize if I'm on air or in some other format. This is a basic starting off point. Build off of it, tear it down, do what you want, put your own spin on it. Do not just view my stuff as gospel. I think that's dumb. I also don't play it for the bare minimum. You know, there's a million different factors that goes into it. But let me know what you would like to hear for those Breeders' Cup shows. If you want a final value line for some of these races, if you would like kind of key horses that I'm planning on building stuff around, if you'd like all of the above. Let me know in the comment section beneath the video player on YouTube or, again, on X or Twitter or whatever you'd like to call it. DM me at Bernie or underscore Matt. Now, let's quickly burn through football. Got the model, I think, in a pretty good spot right now. A couple little things I want to tweak with it, but uh, big picture, comfortable enough to keep going into it and diving in and offering up some opinions. And maybe this is a good way to go about it. Let me see what the current odds are at the FanDuel Sportsbook, sportsbook.fanduel.com. Uh, Thursday night, I'm recording this, we are at halftime of the Jags and Saints game. Jacksonville is up 17-6. to I had a projection of Jacksonville winning 21-19. to So still a little ways to go there. Um, I don't even know what the line closed at because I was at dinner, but Let's dive into the Sunday games, shall we? Let's pull these up. Here we go. Uh, Raiders at Bears. And I'm not going to give you the, the crazy deep dive sort of thing. I'm just going to give you the numbers. Uh, Raiders at Bears. Spread is currently as of 10 o'clock on Thursday night. The Raiders are two and a half point road favorites. I have got Vegas winning 20 to 17. That is 37 points. The total is 37.5. The Bills at the Patriots. The Bills are 8.5 point favorites. The total is 40.5. I have Buffalo winning 25 to 14. So while it's currently juiced to 15 for Buffalo at minus 8.5, I think you could play the uh, lay the points there. Uh, the total, I could also, well, you're right there at 39. So I don't think that's really something that you want to too heavily involved in, but there's an option for you. Falcons at Bucks. Where are we? Uh, the Bucks are two and a half point home favorites. The total is 37 and a half. I have Tampa winning 20 to 18 as a total of 38. That would be a game I would stay away from. The Lions at the Ravens. Baltimore is a three point home favorite, but we are juiced 15 to Detroit catching three right now. I have got Baltimore winning 24 to 22. So it's within that three with Detroit. So you could take the points if you'd like. Total, I have at 46. That would probably be the one I'd be more interested in. It's interesting. The total is 43 and a half, and it's juiced to the under. So I'd probably be looking over 43 and a half in that spot. Washington at New York. Uh, this was one of the big discrepancies, I believe. 
Uh, well, I guess it's not that crazy, but uh, Washington's the three-point road favorite. Total's 37.5. I have Washington winning 20-15. to 15. So I would lay the points in that spot with Washington, take the road favorite, which is never a comforting spot to be in, but that's where I would go. Uh, Cleveland at Indianapolis. Cleveland is the three-point road favorite. I have Cleveland winning 22 to 20. Uh, the total in that game is 40 and a half. I have it totaling 42. It's a game I'd probably just be more interested in staying away from. Arizona at Seattle. The Seahawks are seven and a half point home favorites. I have Seattle winning 27, excuse me, 25 to 17. That is an eight point difference, so no play on the sides and a 42 total compared to a 44 and a half. There's not enough of an edge there for me to really get stuck in. Pittsburgh at the Rams. The Rams are three-point home favorites, juiced to 20 there. I've got the Rams winning 23 to 19. The total is 43 and a half. I have a total of 42. I'm not crazy about laying 120 when I've only got a one-point difference in the spread there, so nothing, nothing doing. Here is one of my larger differences. Green Bay at Denver. Packers are one-and-a-half-point road favorites. Total is 45. I have Green Bay winning 23-17. to 17. That is a six-point difference. No play on the total, although, what am I saying? You could easily play the under. I have a projection of 40, and the number is 45. I'd probably be looking Packers under. In that spot, Chargers at Chiefs. Chiefs are five and a half point home favorites. Totals forty seven and a half. I have the Chiefs winning twenty five to twenty one. So no real strong suit in terms of the total. Suppose you could take the points with the Chargers at five and a half right there. Uh, this is the other big one for me, and this is a this is a healthy one. Sunday night Dolphins at Eagles. Eagles are two and a half point home favorites. Total's 51.5. I have the total right at 51, but I have Miami winning 27 to 24, and they are currently catching 2.5 points. So then it really boils down to do you take the 2.5 points and lay 104, or do you get greedy and take the money line at plus 122? You know, it is a 20, 20 cent difference. That would be in the eye of the beholder. I probably wouldn't get greedy at that point but then again I don't know I'd have to think about it I will say this also looks like it could possibly go to three at which point would certainly be taking the points and then on Monday night the 49ers and the Vikings the 49ers are seven point road favorites it's another big one that I have a difference on uh, the total is 44 I have San Francisco 29 Minnesota 18 that is a difference of 11 and the total is over there with three so I guess the big plays for me would be certainly the Dolphins. Take the points or the money line. Packers and under on the road in Denver. And then Buffalo. Buffalo on the road in New England. Those would be the three. And you know what? Let's let's make it official. Let's start tracking this thing. We're, we're far enough into the season. Four plays this week. Buffalo. Laying the points on the road. Minus eight and a half. It's a huge number, but I'm laying it. Green Bay. 
lay the one and a half on the road, also under 45. And Dolphins, let's make it official, we'll take the points. We'll take two and a half on the road at Philadelphia. There you have it. NFL projections, an early look at the distaff, questions, comments, concerns, thoughts beneath the video player on YouTube or on Twitter at Bernie or underscore Matt. Catch all the action live from Keeneland Racecourse over the weekend, FanDuel TV. I'll be here right through the rest of the meeting before I head out west for the World Championships. And I will be back again next week to talk all things racing, football, and anything else you want to hear. Because at the end of the day, that's the most important thing. Taking care of what you guys have interest in and leaning into that. Until next week, best of luck however you play, whatever you play, and wherever you play. It's been episode 176 of the Matt Bernier Show.